0: Talking Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego. Season 8, incidental episode. Jason Inman and Ashley Robinson. Jupiter Jet. Let's turn that off and uh, say hello to everybody. Hello there. What, listen, it's very late here in the UK. Um, it's not the usual time that we do this show. But I'm here. I'm okay. I'm fine. I'm firing on all cylinders. I'm okay. I'm all tanked up on Red Bull. I'm, I'm wide awake. I'm fine. Welcome along to Talking Karma, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego. My name's Len Sultana and each and every Sunday and Wednesday during lockdown uh, we talk Comic Cons, con culture and all the stuff and nonsense that we get to enjoy at such shows. Except when we are able to get on a special guest and we can accommodate them to come on and do one of these, our incidental episodes, our drop-in shows, where we can kind of focus and uh, shine the spotlight on uh, a specific uh, creator or a specific book. And that's exactly what we're doing today, because we have ourselves two for the price of one. We've got uh, Jason Inman and Ashley Robinson joining us. Hello there. How are you?
1: Hi. I
2: am happy to kick off the first edition of UK Nights for your show.
1: (laughs) So nice to talk to a a Commonwealth brother as a Canadian. (laughs) I'm outnumbered.
2: I'm Uh, outnumbered here.
0: (laughs) The niceness is now two to one. It's it's, it's just the way it's going (laughs) to work. Yeah. um, This is not going to be an Englishman in San Diego after dark. All right. This isn't going (laughs) to suddenly start peeling off. Don't worry. We're going to be, we'll keep it nice and clean.
1: That's what the OnlyFans is for, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Have I got to launch that yet? I've really got to think about putting that out there. Um, <laughs> would that, would that, everyone I, just, I
1: know has started one. Would that
2: just be pictures of like you show the cover and then you show that you actually show the interior <laughs> of the comic and everybody's like, "Ooh, scandalous."
0: <laughs> no, but that'll be where people actually donate money to me. Say, for God's sake, put them on. Put them on. <laughs> No, we don't want No, no flesh, for God's sake. Um, yeah. Uh, hey, listen, Dune's out next year. Um, the the Baron Harkonnen thing. No, Dune's <laughs> out next year. There you go. One for the deep cut for the sci-fi fans. Thank you so much, indeed for coming on. Um, very grateful for you to joining us. If anything, because of the timing, uh, because uh, the book that we're going to be talking about two days' time uh, coming out from on Action Lab. Mm-hmm. Um, Jupiter Jet and The Forgotten Radio. Congratulations on the book. Um, I, I, it must be thrilling to know that it's gonna be out in stores on Wednesday.
2: Uh, yes, it's, it's you know, because when I was here last time, it was kind of the idea that we were still like dealing with all the COVID delays and we were just like, I don't know when this book is gonna hit. So like now it's, it's it feels so nice to know that it's going to be in stores. Um, on Wednesday. Actually, it's funny because we're going to go... Um...
1: Pick up our copies tomorrow. We're going to pick up our copies <laughs> tomorrow,
2: actually. Yeah, uh, today for you, but yeah, tomorrow yeah. for us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's okay. because the book for us has been done for a very long time. Yeah. So it's really well, gratifying I'm... that other people are finally going to get to see it.
0: Well, let's talk about the timing then because, uh, I mean, I, I, I'm really excited about projects that do the model that you are doing, which is that you have a huge chunk, if not a massive proportion of the book, done and dusted. So you're using Kickstarter to uh, establish that relationship with fans and to make sure that the creative team are paid before launch of the book. Um, it, 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 its <laughs> I'm not going to say the most civilized way of doing it. But <laughs> it, it seems like the, the, the best way for the creative team to feel that they are supported um considering that so much when it comes to comics is reliant on that back end and when the book is finally out this is is a way for that creative team to get uh, to get supported what is the timetable has been for this i mean how long has it been completed um, when did the projects start coming together
1: it's been completed inks letters formatting everything since june Uh, because we do everything ahead of time. Uh, And then it's just a matter of when you work with a publisher, you work on your publisher's schedule. And Mm. that has pluses and that has minuses. And a minus to that can be you don't get to pick when your release day is. And Mm. then a massive (laughs) pandemic hits and it moves around a little bit. But so uh, it's been done for us since June. We finished writing it in April, May?
2: Uh, Early April. Early April. But here's the fun fact. We actually started writing Jooper Jet and the Forgotten Radio literally exactly a year ago. Yes. In November, oh, wow. November of last year is when we started writing um, because we had we wanted to uh, before we launched the Kickstarter, Ben was starting issue uh, or what well, we call we we call them issues just to make it easy like so every 20 pages we call them issues even though we're releasing them all as one. Um, but yeah. Ben was on the third section of, you know, the third issue basically when the Kickstarter launched. He had already finished the first two.
1: And when we did the first Kickstarter, we only had five pages we only done. Had five pages. <laughs> we had thirty some pages done by the time we ran the second one because we had all the metrics. We had more of an audience. We'd done science in between. I'd done Aurora, Jason done Super Soldier. So we we knew that we had a better chance mm-hmm. than somebody starting right out the gate who'd never published a book before. So we felt more confident having a lot more of it under our belt before we launched this time because we did the kickstarter when did we do the kickstarter
2: january january i don't january know this what year.
1: time
0: is january anymore this year. yeah <laughs> oh yeah i mean i think we were talking about this with jason last time he was on i mean we were talking about um, march and how things have developed since then and it's been what five six seven decades since then yeah, uh, yeah it's definitely yeah time is definitely fluid uh i can uh, yeah i can imagine suddenly over the course of the summer and as you've been getting the kickstarter up and running and as you've been uh, developing the the book things have just kind of blurred i can imagine things have been a little bit a bit wobbly around the edges if you just kind of try to focus what this what the, how the project's gone
1: we're, we're um, just living inside a giant cardboard box at this point because all of the shipping supplies are in the, our living room right now <laughs> oh, my
0: God. hey listen i'm i saw the uh, the headline about um, johnny rotten today being bitten by a rat or something and <laughs> he was on on a a, a date with one of donald trump's legal team i'm thinking okay the matrix is glitching in a way here man someone the code is fraying at the edges
1: it does feel appropriately on brand though for him to get bit by a rogue animal though like that feels appropriate to me
0: (laughs) absolutely um we've got a whole bunch of people who are joining us as always uh, everyone, if you do have any questions for uh, Jason and Ashley, do dive in. Uh, we've got Solistra of Smeg. Isn't it midnight where you are? Do you need pure caffeine for this one? <laughs> um, I- I'm I'm keeping nicely hydrated. Thank you so much <laughs> you for the for uh, for the uh, uh, for the concern. Um, are you drinking Monster instead of tea? <laughs> you see, uh, an Aaron Neighbors, cup of beer with an Englishman in San Diego. I'm not having alcohol at this time of night. That would just be <laughs> completely off the rails. Uh, but there we go. <laughs> um let's actually talk um about the origins of uh Jupiter Jet because um i mean i i mean you, you mention a couple of the influences in the kickstarter videos uh for the book um uh, you definitely mention rocketeer obviously uh but i mean i see uh, danger girl in there i see a little bit of squirrel girl that kind of hotspur and attitude and that youthful ambition um that's where i see influences what what were they for the pair of you?
2: I mean the biggest influence for this book for myself and and any time that we're like combining our script together is I'm always like it needs to feel like those adventure books from the nineties. And what I mean by is that when D C and Marvel were publishing the tie in books to the cartoons, they, they all like called them adventures. So you had X Men Adventures, mm-hmm. Spider Man Adventures, Batman Adventures, Superman Adventures, right. Justice League Adventures. And there were these great one and done no continuity stories and and the secret of the whole thing is that superman adventures batman adventures were like actually excellent comic books and superman adventures was actually like low-key probably the best superman book being published in the 90s and nobody realized it because it was being written by mark miller it's how he broke into dc comics um so like i was always like we've got to Our tone has got to be that. It's got to be pure, but like still with a great story that an adult can love and not think is talking down to them. That was always like my key influence was those adventure comics.
1: I know for me, there's a lot of Tim Drake influence because 90s Robin is the greatest Robin. Don't tweet me because I am correct. And (laughs) something that um, Chuck Dixon who wrote the stories did that I found very effective and he does it in Birds of Prey as well is he opens and closes with a splash page in each of his issues. That's not something that we're doing as much in this because we're publishing this as an original graphic novel. But that's something that I think about a lot is the way that he told those types of stories. And even though they were mired in continuity, how accessible they were for a new reader who just kind of knew that Batman was Batman and fought the Joker. And then for me, uh, Kim Possible is a big influence hanging over this. I loved the show when it was on. Uh, And it always, always goes back to Sailor Moon for me because um, I came up with the name Jupiter Jet because Sailor Jupiter is my favorite Sailor Scout. And so it's an homage to Makoto and her core colors of green and purple are also Sailor Jupiter's core colors. So she's always in a very abstract way sort of hanging over anything Jupiter Jet that we do.
0: Nice. Um, and for those who perhaps aren't familiar with the run, um, if you can give uh, the elevator pitch or the um, the synopsis of the, the, the story, certainly not of Jupiter Jet 2. Let's get into that in a bit. Let's go for the <laughs> overarching over, uh, uh, story starting off with Jupiter Jet. Uh, 2017 when the book came out. So you've definitely got uh, the elevator pitch down now by <laughs> hopefully – who is Jupiter Jet?
1: So executives watching this, you can contact us at any time. We'd love to sell. Uh, (laughs) Jupiter Jet is what if Kim Possible met the Rocketeer? She is a 16 year old girl in 1935 who inherits a jet pack from her deceased father with a mysterious power source. And like any teenager, she uses it to rob from the rich and give to the poor and fight bad guys with glowing eyes who may not be from this world. Plus there's a cat in it and the internet loves cats. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I mean,
0: the artwork is absolutely stunning, uh, and it's great uh, that you've got um, a, a continuity of the uh, the creative team. We'll talk about the the slight shift uh, with a plus the spelling
1: here. colors correctly. Yes, color thank you. You and it. <laughs>
0: oh my word! I mean, listen. Uh, I mean, I I've said it before, and I've kind of put myself out there, and really put a target on my back. Um, It's a phrase that a friend of mine used. I've co-opted it from him. Uh, There's um, no such thing as international English. There's no such thing as American English. Uh, There's no such thing as English, British English. Mm -hmm. There's English and there's wrong. Uh, that's, that, that's the way except that's when checking. spell check is involved <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah, okay but when yeah. your browser de- when your browser decides to go what country you're in oh
1: okay. yeah uh, yeah because we write for an American publisher and uh, a predominantly American audience although I will say we got a good Australia contingency and we have a surprising Israel contingency so shout out to them for supporting us uh, Jason's always like hey we're going to use the American spelling yeah, because I'm always like there's American no you publisher. in favorite I'm sorry <laughs> 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 yeah
0: good point um well that was one of the questions I was going to ask um certainly across the uh, the whole uh both kick- kickstarters and the support that you've had for for the book ha- what has been the demographic Where has the uh, audience come from is it is it completely worldwide
2: it it has mostly been worldwide because we always get a weird email and it's not weird but thankful like I mean, when the first book came out, we got a lot of emails from Ireland, actually, and there mm-hmm. were a bunch of people being in Ireland, saying, asking us how to buy the book, and I was like, I honestly don't know.
1: <laughs> like, really, your comic book store? Yeah,
0: I would be big, in comics, perhaps. Yeah, yeah the, the, I would. The, the, I literally said, book.
2: go to your talk to your shop, I guess, you know, <laughs> or you could buy it directly from us. Um, but yeah, it has been, it has been worldwide. I mean, the the, the most thankful thing that I've seen, and it's the awesome thing, and. Anybody that's if they're gonna buy the book this week or anytime in the future, if you're reading this to your children, please take a picture.
1: It's the best. And
2: tag us in it <laughs> at Jupiter Jet Comic on Twitter or you know all our social medias, and I will happily retweet it because it's the best thing ever. Like we've discovered, like especially Volume One, a lot of people were like, "I read this to my kids, and they loved it." Um, nice. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's I I don't think we meant to make a four quadrant story, if you know what that, you know, if you know what the Four Quadrants are. Uh, But I think we accidentally backslid into it.
1: Yeah, but I also think because of the Kickstarter economy being the way it is, like, our audience definitely skews. North American. We've got a a lot of good Mm. Canadians on there. But it's cool when it's like... Oh, this is going to Kazakhstan or this is going to Jordan. Like Mm -hmm, I didn't even know people live. like we, uh, on, on our podcast, we have like someone in American Samoa is like holding it down for us with the listens. And I'm always like, yeah, American Mm. Samoa. (laughs) Make yourself known. I will come visit when it's safe.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm just going to say the, uh, the international audience will make sure that uh, you have at least a sofa or two across the globe (laughs) uh, for you to, uh, to go and uh, camp on if uh, if and when we can uh, all uh, fly out and visit each other again. Um, I, I think the reason why I brought up the demographic, and I mean the book is clearly, it's an all-ages book, mm-hmm. and I, I like the fact, I liked the line that it's, uh, you're age, aiming this for people aged 4 to 94. That was a yep. nice line. Mm-hmm. See, that's a pretty big uh, uh, target audience you're going We're just for.
1: trying to be Pixar.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, but the uh, the Uh, The Kickstarter um, rewards are very much um, geared towards also those who are wanting to find out more about uh, creating, not only comics but also podcasts. So it is a slightly older demographic for say those that are buying the book. Does does that make sense?
2: Yeah, that's basically what it is. I mean, you know, one of the great things about doing anything on the internet is you can see analytics for it, and Um, I mean, our analytics definitely are the sweet spot is like 25 to 35. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, we always like want to make sure that we have rewards or uh, ideas or stories for that group. But also, um, you know, you you don't want to ignore that. You want to take care of that. But, you know, it's for everybody and for a little, you know, I don't know.
1: But we also, especially (laughs) with Jupiter Jet Volume 1, we had a lot of help making that book what it was and making it as successful as it was. Uh, we had help from Alex Segura over at Archie Publishing. We call him the grandfather of Jupiter Jet because he helped us workshop the pitch that got sold. We got Nicholas Scott and John Boy Myers mm-hmm. donated their art to be our cover because wow. uh, we were sad and they took pity on us and they helped. So that's something that we really feel passionate about. <laughs> paying forward and I love nothing more, especially when people are looking for script notes than when they turn around and do a Kickstarter and then we get a chance to back it because opening those doors for other people when they might not have thought they could open it for themselves can be really powerful. Mm -hmm. But I will say from the course of our Kickstarter campaign, uh we always do skype calls which is one of the coolest rewards that we get to do and we get to talk to people directly and uh we do have a young man shout out to tobias i think he's 13 or 14 now oh wow and we skype with him his dad always gets the skype reward and it he's so cool <laughs> yeah. he's so smart <laughs> i hope he can be our intern someday paid internships you should pay the people who work for you mm. um but it's like it's really cool to know that you can have that kind of influence on somebody in their formative years and also it's a lot of responsibility
0: <laughs> i mean it's it's so um thrilling to have that kind of uh, pay it forward uh, mm-hmm. mentality when it comes to the kickstarter um what's the kind of uh, split between uh is it artists that have uh, gotten involved or is it writers is it podcasts what's the kind of balance between people who have uh, kind of taken this opportunity on board to uh, to learn from uh, people who've been doing it for a while
1: excuse pretty heavily to writers yeah
0: yeah
2: well because i think because we're not artists <laughs>
1: yeah look, i can tell you my opinion but uh
2: i mean look i can doodle and i will tell you that i'm i'm working on the the next kickstarter now and i'm com- debating about putting uh, a variant cover as drawn by me on there just to see if anybody be interested um you know but but i say that like my my art skills stop at about you know and this is no insult to bruce tim but like there that's about as detailed as i can get a bruce tim style person Um, okay it looks like a person but it's kind
0: of misshapen
1: yeah (laughs) so you're not
0: talking you're not talking tom king style uh, no i'm no (laughs) no, i'm I'm, uh, yeah that's that's
1: where my art skills are I'm uh, yeah
0: i'm I'm
2: above that uh thank god um but no yeah it's mainly writers and and i think that's because you know you always if you like a story by somebody like you always want to be like I'm always constantly for writers that I admire especially like people like Mark Russell I'm always like how does your brain work I need to know because I want to like absorb this secret weird knowledge or how your brain puts pieces together
0: cool um and I uh, I'm gonna try and word this without insulting you or at least upsetting you because it is a question that I'd like to ask and what your thoughts on it considering that I mean, Jupiter Jet, it was a successful campaign. Mm -hmm. It did incredibly well in terms of reaching its target, getting to its uh, stretch goal. Um, Jupiter Jet and the Forgotten Radio, it reached the same kind of numbers. And this is after uh, Volume One uh, did get a a Ringo Award and it Mm -hmm. got a lot of attention and it certainly opened with a splash. What's your take on how the second campaign has gone? As I mean, uh, I mean, the first campaign, it was, I mean, I've got the numbers here, it's 26,213. Due to Jet and Forgotten Radio, 25,637. So about the same. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: What's your take on that? Did the pandemic kind of bring the number back to uh, uh, equilibrium? What was your thoughts on it?
2: So so here's the fun fact about that number. Um, Because I actually think the second campaign did way better. Um, But there's a number that most people in the public don't get to see and that is the add-ons through backer kit and the add-ons through backer kit were triple what they were wow. on the first okay. campaign. yeah now um i will also say that um one for the second campaign we funded faster it took us 4 days to get that amount on campaign 1 it took us 24 hours yeah. to get that same amount in the first one and, now- and
1: ultimately that's all
2: yeah, work. I mean, yeah, Like,
1: yeah. like uh, would I have loved it if it had hit fifty or hundred? Mm. And do I hope that we reach that someday? Of course. But like, ultimately, as long as we can pay yeah. the creative team, uh, uh, all the rest of it's gravy.
2: Yeah. No. I mean, for so for me, like, I look at it as a win. Like, yeah, it, yeah, it was about a little bit less. But to be honest, at the same time, there's some real world factors in that. Like, I wasn't working full time when we did the first Jupiter Jet. I am now, so I couldn't yeah. put as much work into the promotion or do anything like that. And when and,
1: we did Volume One we were both um on internet shows yes. that were super super visible when we did number two we were not and look maybe some people just didn't like volume yeah. one and that's fine
0: yeah well you know, you know, I know. I, yeah. <laughs> I, from, well let's put it this way when i announced that the the pair of you were coming on the show i just got uh contact left right and center i got re- yes okay yeah i'm a <laughs> jet fan so trust me yeah i doubt that very very much i doubt you know
2: And to be honest with you, to be honest with you, it would not surprise me um, if just like movie sequels, you know, because, again, we've always said that we want to be five volumes. Mm -hmm. If volume three and volume four and volume five are a little bit less, a little bit less and a little bit less, as far as I'm concerned. As long as they find that's a good thing. But also, like... It's I under- a higher
1: bar for entry with each yes, subsequent. I, I
2: understand the baggage of people being like, well, I didn't read Volume 1. Do I really want to support Volume 2? Or I didn't read Volume 2. Do I really want to support Volume 3? Like, I think you're just going to naturally... Lo- and some people that read Volume 2 might be like, ah, I didn't like Volume 2, but I yeah. did like Volume 1. Um, you know, I I think that's that's a natural... It's like, I don't, I'm not offended by that question at all. I think it's a great... It's an interesting question to think about. It is... It's one of those discussions of, like... Yeah, are you better off always going to Kickstarter with a brand new idea every single time or are you better off creating a series? And I think there's pluses and minuses to both.
1: And also these are, uh, no one's ever asked us that and no one has ever asked us like, what was it like to do science versus Jupiter Jet? And so I actually really appreciate that. We're like peeling back the layer on that a little bit. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm also really curious as, it's the question I've been asking a lot over the course of the summer. Um, with creators that have taken to Kickstarter. Uh, I mean, it's really obvious that people have done this, and you you were there before the pandemic doing this, connecting with the audience, because mm. that is when the real successful Kickstarters shine. It's not necessarily, or it's, a, I'm not going to say it's a byproduct to get, to get a book yeah. funded, but it's to definitely establish that relationship with an audience and to feel very, a real personal connection with the people that you're uh, you're selling the book to um the question i've been asking over the course of the summer then is how did the pandemic really affect your uh, approach to the kickstarter whether you felt that the kickstarter may be put back until next year or your just how your mindset was going into this kickstarter in the landscape of covid
1: so not to get deeply political. But at the time that we launched this, we didn't know what COVID was. Yeah. Uh, So we were were a couple months ahead. We're very fortunate that we did this in January, as I learned at the beginning of this podcast. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we didn't have any real overlap. All of our COVID issues have been sort of on the back end, like our printing and our publishing was delayed due to like Everyone knows the comic industry is in a real growing period right now. We're sort of swinging wildly back and forth well, when, and figuring out what it's going to look like after When we this. completed
2: the book was when all comic shop, when every company in Marvel gross. DC was not publishing books. like yeah. we. So like yeah. it was this weird thing where we're like, here's the book oh God, <laughs> you know, like, who knows if this is coming
1: out? And we tried to stress to the Kickstarter backers because we're like, look, we hope it's coming out before yeah. the end of this year, but like, we gave you a digital copy. Please, yeah. you can read it right now. You have it. Please enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, that, that
2: and, and that was a thing too, and, and I've heard uh, uh, the great uh, Charlie Stickney of Scout Comics, and he said this several times, and I kind of believe this, that um, the K- Kickstarter audience is different than the comic book retailer audience and i do believe that they are two audiences i think the kickstarter audience you will have some crossover because you will have some people be like i want to support them no matter what mm-hmm. i'm going to do it both sides but i do think you you're you said it earlier leonard i think the thing of um people supporting people that's what i really think has, has happened in the world of kickstarter and the internet exploding, and Patreon and stuff like that. It's a, they don't care what the idea is. They care about you, and if they like you, they're going to support you. Whereas in the retailer end of it, I think it is about the story or the art, or um, your
1: twenty-five variant covers. Or no your, shade to yeah. anyone who does yeah. that, but like that is a very <laughs> real selling tactic. Yeah. Do that you, happens. Yeah.
2: Do you have a, a Robert Liefeld, you know, yeah. variant cover or whatever? But um, no, we were a little, really lucky that it—it it, um, we always buffer a lot in our Kickstarter goal. Um, and if you go look at our campaigns, but it's funny, it says December, 2020. And to be honest with you, we're so happy the book's finally coming out this week so that we can like, we'll make it on time. Yay. Um, you know, we were hoping to beat that by months. Um, but that was, yeah, that was basically the big production was where it really affected us. I will say, um, we consider running another campaign this year, Mm -hmm. but, um, and I think this is a good rule. Like other Kickstarter people can do whatever they want, but I'm a big fan of, um, don't do your next campaign until you've fulfilled the first one until everybody has their things. Now I know other people run it and you can overlap and that's fine. Um, But I also know personally, I have donated to, to kickstarters that have never fulfilled. And those were years ago. And I I never want somebody to think that of us. I always want us to like, no, we're, here's the book. It's a real thing. We did not lie.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I've I've, I've seen that in in the campaign videos. It's something you're very proud of, that Mm -hmm. you fulfilled all the campaigns that you've run. Absolutely. I'm really curious as well about the support that Action Lab have given you. Uh, Obviously, they've had the same issues Mm -hmm. and difficulties that um, all comic um, publishers have had this year. Mm What's the kind of conversations been like? How how supportive have they been?
1: They've printed the book <laughs> and put it in stores. And,
0: it, and it put it in stores. Yeah,
1: which which, I to be to be completely fair, that's all they ever promised to do for us. Yeah, and that's what they've done. Fair
0: but that's what that. But
1: but <laughs> that, Well,
2: well. That's it. That's the other thing. And we have no problem doing this in in any videos or podcasts you yeah. see as well. That's that's the real secret about creator-owned comics. Even Image that I don't. Yeah. I think people don't realize that unless you're like working at like Marvel, DC, IDW. Nobody boom, yeah, does very
1: much. for you. They yeah.
2: They basically are just like. Did you get it to the printer on time? All right, whatever. You know, like yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's, that's the max you get.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay. Because every, every time I've kind of uh, had interactions with Action Lab, um, yeah. it seemed a little bit more um, friendly and a little bit more uh, interactive. Uh, but it's, it's interesting to know that, um, or interesting to hear that that's...
2: Well, again, that
0: might be... And,
1: and look, that's just our experience. Yeah,
0: and that okay. might also be 2020 Action Lab as well.
1: That's true. That's very yeah. true. Yeah.
0: Fair enough. Um, and also, the, like I did touch on this earlier, I will very quickly uh, cover it. Uh, I, I'm certain there's no drama, uh, but why the slight change in the creative team? The, uh, oh, that's fine. No drama.
1: No. uh, uh, no, uh <laughs> Jane Carpenter, who was our original colorist, uh, is hashtag booked and blessed. So she had other yeah. paid opportunities. So she already had things to do and she actually recommended Liz. Uh, Elizabeth Kramer who came on for volume two and Liz had an opening in her schedule and uh, Liz is now very hashtag booked and blessed. So we are, I like to think of, maybe we're the launching point for some fabulous colorists in the <laughs> industry. Uh, but we we wanted as much of the band back together, people's schedule permitting as possible. And because we are a creator of and we are a kickstarter book we can't necessarily pay as much as some larger scale publishers mm-hmm. so when people can get higher paid work we have no issues whatsoever yeah. with them taking it so uh mara was just mara was just too good
2: mara was too too sweet for the world mara was too talented and too busy to work with us that's what it is
0: this is where you just kind of you you bring them up you yeah. feed them you get them walking <laughs> you Take off the training wheel, wheels and you know, they just uh, leave and abandon you. They I leave mean...
2: just when they're getting interesting. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh! Ouch. Oh dear me. Um, Eight <laughs> stuff. Um, I'm really curious to know about uh, the five uh, arc of uh, Jupiter Jet. Uh, like you say, you're, you're planning the, the third Kickstarter or you're planning the next one mm-hmm. uh, down the line. How much of it is nailed down? How much of it is kind of like plotted out, uh, or are you keeping things pretty uh, loose at the moment? Where 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 are you at with the story for the Perry?
2: Um, we're we're keeping things. We I'll tell you this: we've known the final scene of the entire series since Volume One. Mm-hmm. Like we know exactly the last five pages. Like we know exactly what it's going to be, who's going to be in it, and what we're going to, and who's still alive. <laughs> um, and Um, in terms of like volume three and volume four and volume five, um, we didn't really plan too much past one besides like kind of having a loose anthology because we, we didn't know if two was ever going to happen. And then when all the fans kept coming up to us and being like, when's Jupiter jet two coming? We're like, Oh man, we better write this thing before people
1: stop asking. Before people stop
2: caring. (laughs) Um, And we'll, but even when we ended, we seeded into one kind of a one sentence idea of what forgotten radio was going to be before it was ever called forgotten radio. So we've always known that. And I will tell you this, uh, when we were writing two, we went on a walk for a hike one day and on the entire hike, we literally plotted all of Volume
0: 3 and it was like, oh, well, wow. that's
2: done.
1: You know? <laughs> was that why I fell into the creek?
0: <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> and, and then forgot issue four. Yes. Um. <laughs> uh,
2: but Volume 4 and Volume 5 are still um, pretty loose. We mm-hmm. have what we think, wa- what we want to happen in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also at the same time, or I'm a... I'm a I like to be and we, we like to operate like this as well. Like, I, I never like to look a gif horse in the mouth because you just never know how the world is going to change. Like specifically, like, you know, I would say to anybody that's producing an American television show right now, maybe don't have it be about cops. Just throwing that out Uh, there. Or
1: a pandemic. Or a pandemic.
0: (laughs) Not a good idea for 2021. (laughs) Yes. Anyone who is actually typing a script right now and saying exterior, crowd scene. Um,
1: Yes. Yes. yes.
2: So so I I never Mm want to like lock us into like something on three, four, and five, but you know, we, we have loose ideas. We
1: have a Google Doc. We have a that's Google Doc that of got these like yeah. fever dream ideas in it. Uh, yeah. We have started in volume two. There's a lot of things that are seeds for could be in volume three and four and five, which was not something that we felt yeah. comfortable doing in volume one because we might have never done more than those five pages or we never mm. might have done more than those five issues. So now we feel like a little bolder.
0: <laughs> and what and what is the uh, the writing process? I mean, I like the fact that you've got a Google Doc, do. uh, which obviously the, the pair of you can just dive into at uh, whatever point that you. Uh, well, I, just got, just, Docs. I, yeah. The whole I'm book just, is I, I, written I'm on just Google got I've just got this image of you, so like side by side, they are, the the day is done. You're in bed. You've got the laptops open. You're typing away, and the Google Doc keeps changing. Uh, <laughs> as, as, as the uh, as, no, I like that line. Uh, (laughs) just just give a little bit of a a nudge what what is the the writing process between the two i
1: I will say anytime one of us doesn't want to change like we feel very passionate about something it always remains in like we're not we're not that ruthless with each other but uh (laughs) typically because jason is a great planner uh we'll open a google doc and we'll write all the fever dream ideas for the volume in it And then we'll do like writerly things like story circles or, or wants and needs and all those. And then we'll try to structure it more and then we'll leave it for a little bit and then we'll come back and we'll break it down, uh, like chapter by chapter. And then eventually we'll get together. We'll do it page by page and sometimes like scratch dialogue line by line. So until we have like a 30 page Google doc, that's basically the outline of the entire graphic novel. And from that point, uh, if one of us feels passionate, I want to write this scene. I want to write this scene. We'll divvy we, it up. We, and, and Yeah, it's... we basically well, divvy well, it well, up that's... on
2: who wants to write what. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: I mean, that's that's because th- I, I don't know why, but I've been listening and going back to a lot of Monty Python uh, mm. this, this particular weekend. Um, and I've been going through all my old albums. And I'm remembering the, the Monty Python writing room, which is because there's seven members, mm-hmm. you basically, um, you have a, that leftover person who can kind of like, if there's a decision to be made, they can sort of like step in and go, OK, I can actually it, it's four to three. We can actually decide that this is the line that's staying in or the, the, the scene that's going. When there's the two of you. Um, is it a lot of thumb wars? Uh, is... Thumb wars? <laughs> it's like, no, I want this line. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how, how, how do you I make the decision? Never, I have never thought to settle a writing <laughs> conflict with thumb wars before. <laughs> I knew what you are talking about. That's so funny. Uh,
1: um, <laughs> I'd say it's a lot more. Uh, uh, I would say mostly respectful discussions, mm-hmm. and then eventually, there's always one conflict. You know, there's always one thing where you're like, I you just can't see eye to eye on, but. The great thing about...
0: And then then the twister mat comes out and whoever wins.
1: And then the cat makes the decision. (laughs) Like, Grego, it's up to you, son. You you gotta make the decision.
2: I would actually say that um, we never really came to any drag-out fight. Like, if there are drag-out fights, it's always in... First of all,
1: there's never drag-out fights. But
2: but if there are ever, like, big conflicts or Mm. disagreements, it usually always happens in the -the pie-in-the-sky outlining process. But the time right. we get to the script, usually most of the time it's like, well, I don't think the character should say that. Well, I do. Well, this is why I don't think the mm-hmm. character should say this. Pitch, 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 pitch. And then usually that wins the other person over and they're like, oh, yeah, you're right. Okay. Or,
1: or more, you know, I think more typically it's like, I just don't like this line of dialogue. Okay, then what else could it be? Sure, then like, like, yeah, give an alternate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't care what it is. A, just give an alternate. A like, <laughs> it's a lot more like that. Yeah. Um, but we're, I think we're very fortunate because the things that we like to write, I think are very complimentary and they dovetail in a really good way, especially for this volume. Uh, I would say science was a much harder birth than Jupiter jet and the forgotten radio. But interestingly enough, Jason wrote a lot of um, the Jackie stuff yeah. in this volume. And I wrote a lot more of like Chuck and Neil's wonderful oh, adventures. Wow. Okay. In yeah. This it's volume. weird. Yeah. It's <laughs> weird. Like
2: I, I took on the, uh, a lot of the, 17 year old young woman scene, and she took on a lot of the uh here's the 11 year old boy Yeah.
1: so there was a lot of respectful like is this how a young woman would speak is this how yeah. a young boy would speak i, I don't know
0: <laughs> is the, uh, the i like the as well that the the character is um aging um as uh, the volumes go through are we going to be seeing uh, a 20 year old jupiter jet by yes uh, volume five is it uh Yeah,
2: yeah, the idea is kind of similar to Harry Potter, um, that each volume will be a year further down the road. So, yes, you're going to
0: watch Jackie go from uh, 16 to 20.
1: Yeah, she'll be a full-fledged woman of the galaxy Mm -hmm. by that point.
0: Just just so long as by volume five, it's not like an Alan Moore Jerusalem kind of (laughs) tone. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, in, much, in just like Harry Potter, as the books get thicker and thicker and bigger and bigger. So, as long no, as we're always locked way. in.
1: Like we'd be we... respectful. One twenty. We'll yeah, we, we, yeah. So th- that's
2: the thing. Like in this volume, there were several points. Um, I I will give you an exclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody. That one of the one of the great things about working at Action Lab. This is over a, a the sm- comment, with
1: a smaller publisher. Uh,
2: is that um, Jupiter Jet and the Forgotten Radio is actually 123 pages because ah. not 120 and uh we were just like is this okay and they were just like we don't care and well, we're like and yeah especially
1: because <laughs> we didn't do don't traditional issues so yep. if we needed to stretch mm-hmm. or we needed time we could add in a splash or we could break yes. up a, a, a page into smaller as we were
2: and... getting towards the end there were a couple of beats with and i and i remember having this exact conversation with ashley where i was like this could really use a splash page like this should be a splash page and she was just like put them in
1: <laughs> well that's also the great thing about independent comics where so we're not sort of beholden to any masters yeah. um or mistresses uh or they sisters, i don't know what's the gender neutral someone tell me uh so if we we can do whatever we want as long as we're not being unreasonable and there's a great freedom in that uh to be able to take the time because it, as long as uh, Action Lab ultimately gets a graphic novel that hits 120 to 128 pages they're really cool with it and mm-hmm. so we get a, we don't get away with a lot I mean, it's no. not like we did anything wild it's a knowledge book but we could take that time it, where we needed but it but
2: it's just one thing like talking with you I realized I was like oh I don't think we've told anybody that like it's actually 123 <laughs>
1: you
0: should have kept that to yourself they gave ah. you three pages for free man yeah. Come on, bro, no you we know. paid
1: for those pages they were not Dad, free they were not free <laughs> 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 I know what Good Ben's Patriot is it was not yeah. free <laughs> well that, that was
2: the other thing we had to go to Ben and be like, Do you have the time for three more pages? Yeah. And he was like,
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I mean, we've got uh, Joel the Geek who's uh, turning around. Volume six will have the Compendium to the Universe. Uh, I like so that it's idea. Be, yeah, a, a, a additional tie in. Um, is that something that um, you've thought about um, doing um, additional stories to the world? Or is it going to be uh, the story of Jupiter Jet? Com- uh, uh, well- com- <laughs> Not confined, but um, contained within the five volumes.
2: So you were talking about Thumb Wars earlier. Okay. Uh, This has been not really a Thumb War, but like... An ongoing discussion. An ongoing discussion that both of us have gone on either side of uh, at multiple points. Um, But I kind of feel that everybody, once you read Jupiter Jet and the Forgotten Radio, everybody's going to kind of be like, Oh, we need a spinoff starring Chuck, or we need a one-shot with just Chuck before we get Jupiter Jet Volume Three, because Chuck goes on a journey as well. Um, and I will say uh, to anybody thinking about Jupiter Jet Three, once you read Jupiter Jet and the Forgotten Radio, this will make a lot of sense to you. That Volume Three is going to have a very Batman and Robin type vibe. Oh, um, wow! And, Which was
1: always the pitch for that character. From, yeah, it was always from yeah, yeah. Jump from the um, first meeting. So,
2: I. And 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 Chuck, uh, um, her little brother, is we end the story with him in a very interesting place that almost begs to be like, oh, we need to see at least twenty pages of like, what does he get up to in the year between? Um, now, what that's going to be like, where that's going to happen, I, I I don't know. Or one shot at the beginning. Now, Chuck's cat is named Puddles. And he gets a much bigger part. He has a splash page in, in yes, Jupiter Jet and the he Forgotten does, Radio. There is a, and
1: we have the original yep, art. Of there that is a then. nine
2: panel grid of a cat in the Jupiter Jet and the Forgotten Radio. So if you haven't been convinced to buy this book up to this point, that should definitely get you over the, the
1: line. And Jupiter Jet got a cat before we got a cat, and I feel like now yep. that we've become cat owners, it Puddles is much more featured in volume. Too.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was that was one of the great things. Uh, yeah, Ben gave us the original art to the cat nine yeah. panel grid. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Nice. Um, So the book itself comes out on Wednesday. I'm guessing all the physical books, uh, where where are we at with the actual campaign with getting books out to backers? I mean, we're going to start.
2: We're actually going to start that tomorrow. Um,
1: Because we are beholden to when publishers and printers ship books just like everyone else.
2: One of the, one of the COVID realities of 2020 is that when we did Jupiter jet the first volume, we were able to get the copies earlier from the publisher because Action Lab is the one who prints our books. Because of COVID, that did not happen. So the, uh, to be honest with you, at the time of this recording, we're actually picking up the books tomorrow. Yeah. And Whoa. literally tomorrow, we're going to be shipping out the books. But I will say our backers get all this exclusive swag. Our backers get... Um, we've given them extra stickers and extra prints. They've so... had
1: the digital copies since June?
2: Yeah, so actually we're going to actually spend the next week f- uh, fulfilling the book. So, so you know, you may not, you guys have been, the, our backers have been able to read the book ahead of mm-hmm. everybody but because of COVID they won't get the physical copy but they're the only ones going to get the exclusive prints and all that stuff but like also, that. so
1: one of the coolest things about the fact that we are in a pandemic now is getting the copies from us through the mail is actually one of the safest ways that you yeah. can get Jupiter Jet, barring purchasing it online because you don't have to go to a store. Yeah. You don't have to handle any kind of transactions. Like we, And by the time it gets to you, it's so far removed from us and from the postal workers that it is completely clean and free and safe. So that I think that's a blessing in a, in a strange way. I
2: would say everybody with all of our backers, everybody with the exception of a few way out there international backers. Because
1: we don't control the international yeah. post. Sure. Contrary to what some emails think, we yeah. have no control uh, right
2: They should all be able to, I would even say people in the UK would probably definitely have their copies by the end of 2020.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Fair enough. So I can imagine as well for the next 24, 48 hours, no sleep for you two. No, and, no. Uh, no. the wrist the, the the supports uh, yeah. some uh, sports. Yeah. Our <laughs> well, American
2: Thanksgiving just... is going to be cardboard and tape.
0: Yeah. Almighty. <laughs> wow, yeah. So, not so much cutting the t- uh, turkey, more kind of just eating the yeah. envelopes. Flowing. Well, that so, was yeah. that's
2: the other thing that, and here's the thing to think about: uh, everybody out there watching in terms of Kickstarter, right? Anybody that has fulfilled a Kickstarter in COVID has either had the do it. All by themselves or hire a fulfillment company. Now we don't like to, to hire a fulfillment company because one of the things I love about Kickstarter, and actually, you know, always give credit to the betters. I stole this from Jimmy Palmiotti, who I think who does great Kickstarters on I love Jimmy. Um, I like to write if I recognize the name on your signed copy, I will personalize it and I'll give you a message. I nice. love to do or if I recognize you from a previous Kickstarter campaign. I'll slip you an extra sticker or I'll slip you an extra print because I'm like, Oh, I know you, I recognize your name. So that's why I don't think we'll ever give it to a fulfillment company because like that is like part of the personalized, touch uh, of doing that
1: but for volume one we did have a whole bunch of yeah, friends we sitting of on our living room floor helping us yeah. uh shout out to mr jay washington to do that for a full six hours we
2: yeah uh, we invited now, a bunch of our friends we're like hey you know just come over hang out tape a bunch of boxes now it's just
1: <laughs> us and the cat so you're gonna get a lot of Brago hair this time around yep, yep. uh but we are we have luckily cleared our schedules Yeah, uh, and it is a, it's gonna be like a holiday week so we have a lot of time to get that out so it is yep. fortuitous timing It'll I, I
2: predict I'm probably going to get through several seasons of Star Trek D Space Nine as I'm taping the Kickstarter packages.
0: Nice. I just got this <laughs> mental image of uh, so uh, family, friends uh, it's coming around. Obvi- well, obviously, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But the uh, when you were uh, having friends around, saying, oh, we thought we were just having a nice social evening. Here's a bottle of wine. Thank you very much indeed for that. Sit your ass down. There's a There's a box. <laughs> <laughs> give us that bowl.
1: That i think goes, we watched that, goes, that.
0: that goes in the fridge for later uh but there we go we um, watched
1: screeners of oh my god what was it that was black Marvel lightning show? No. No, no no it was
2: uh, uh a cloak
0: and dagger cloak
1: and dagger, cloak and that, dagger. we're oh, watching no. screeners yeah, yeah, yeah. of cloak and dagger when we did volume one because jay had them. <laughs> that's so funny
0: well, I, so it's um deep space line for volume two uh yeah. okay but, uh, that's I, I'm trying to work out the direct lineage between the two of them, to be honest.
1: <laughs> oh, there's a lot of Star Trek in Jupiter Jet, and yes. honestly, uh, I was a huge Jake Sisko fan as a young woman, so Jake is definitely Jake and Neil kind of look the same, so so with that, <laughs> it's
2: and this is me. Uh, uh, I'm a huge, I am, I am a huge Star Trek fan. It's my favorite franchise. <laughs> I love Star Trek before I love comic books, and I put a Star Trek Easter egg in everything i write now in jupiter jet volume one uh when there's a green glowing pyramid that is like sort of the MacGuffin of the book <laughs> it's named a Verterium pyramid Verterium is an element from star trek because i i was like why am i gonna bother naming it it's Verterium. there it is there you go and then in volume two it's a little bit more connected because there's a red element in volume 2 there's a the, originally the title for Jupiter Jet 2 was going to be Jupiter Jet and the Mystery of the Red Rocks so they discover this new element called fontanium and when we were writing this scene i went to ash and i was like we got to name this fake rock that's always the hardest thing is like naming these fake sci-fi names, yeah. and, and and i actually think we we stumbled onto the solution here because when we were writing that scene, it was a couple days after the passing of D.C. Fontana, another
1: iconic redhead, like you. Uh-huh. Yep, a redhead,
2: the great Star Trek writer who basically is responsible for everything you love about Vulcans.
1: And my favorite Star Trek aliens are Vulcans.
2: Yeah, and so I, I, I remember saying to Ashley, I was like, we should name it for her. And then that, it suddenly became. Fontanium. So that's the Star Trek reference in volume two. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, uh, it, but also fun fact, there's a Beatles reference in every volume two. Yes, there is. <laughs> <laughs> Beatles okay, and Star you... Trek go in everything <laughs> I write.
0: Now you really are going to have to uh, ta- start tearing apart. The book. I'm not going to awesome. tell you where the Beatles references are. <laughs> ah, you see, no clues at all. That's yep. great. You'll have to have um, us back
1: for that. That's just the way this is going to
0: go. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, no. I think people should try and unfreeze them. Yeah. <laughs> I um, something I kind of touched on uh, in, very briefly in uh, passing, but we'll, uh, we'll kind of start um, uh, kind of wrapping things up uh, with uh, a, a question which I'm really excited to ask because I really want to know what your reaction was when you won the Ringo Award for Volume 1. Uh, because, uh, I mean... It's the Ringo Award. Uh, it's uh, a very, it's a prestigious award, but it also carries with it um, the name of somebody who loved his audience, loved the books that he did. Um, what was your your reaction when on winning that award?
1: So uh, I'm sorry to correct you, but we did, we've never won a Ringo Award. Oh, sorry, I thought we've, you, were, I thought well, you I won. I mean, the if someone award. said what we did, uh, thank you to them. But we've only been nominated. We've been nominated uh. twice. Okay. Uh, my uh, but
2: it was just I. I, th- I
1: was truly amazing because we d- never thought we'd be nominated for anything. Look,
2: Mike Ringo <laughs> is one of my favorite comic book creators of all time, um, and it, like it actually like is a regret that I will never have a chance to like get him to draw anything that I could ever write or to get him to do a cover or anything like that. So the fact that we've been even been nominated is was I I remember because I'm on the Ringo's mailing list. Mm-hmm. And I remember when we got the nomination for Jupiter Jet Volume 1, um, you know, like, I I tweeted it out a couple of times and just said, like, hey, everybody, we want to do it? And I remember reading that email and literally seeing Jupiter Jet and just being like, and I think I immediately like grabbed you and was like, you got to look at this. Yeah, yeah. I think partly because I was surprised, but also partly was I was like, am I going crazy? Am I reading this right? Did they say us? We also, though, wow.
1: this year we lost to Raina Telgemeier, yeah. who is someone who we both really we like. Love. We knew we were toast the minute she was Oh, we knew she was going to get it. Of course. She's amazing. Yeah. Um, but like to be, to have our little books and our books are little, they're small, independent comics. Yeah, have I mean science is only six by nine. Yeah, so. it's a small book. Uh they don't have Inches. the the power of uh <laughs> scholastic behind them. So to be like spoken of in the same breath, like that's winning would have been amazing and and hopefully we'll, we'll win in the future but mm-hmm. it's nice that someone it's kind of nice to have someone say hey this is really good <laughs> yeah
2: yeah next year's plan is uh to do some sort of hostage negotiation with the Ringo Awards. <laughs> um we're and we're even you know we think 50 percent that might work 50 percent.
0: well i mean if they go back to the model that they did this year uh with the uh, mainframe comic-con guys where they were just trying to Marshall and there was spinning so many plates if you can just yeah. sneak into the stream yard and just hijack it uh, And just go for it go in that direction uh, Who knows that's well that. by the way it
2: is possible to do that by the way I just want to give everybody it like we did the John one charity drive for uh, service members a couple weeks back and we had a person
1: Try to get in. Pop
2: in. That was not a guest. <laughs> and should
1: not have had the link. <laughs> so, so like
2: you know, like you like what is it called? Zoom hopping? Zoom or yeah. Zoom? Uh, yeah, bombing. I don't zoom know bomb. Zoom bombing. It. Yeah, you can streamyard bomb apparently too. I don't know
0: how, but also, apparently you can.
1: I gotta ask, you, just why? Yeah. Why, why, <laughs> why? 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 <laughs> why? Yeah.
0: Fair enough. Um, Volume two out on Wednesday. Um, on stores uh, from uh, Action Lab. Volume three like you say the, the kickstarts campaign you've you're starting to put the the engine together starting to get the gears turning on that do you have a time frame of when that could possibly go live and do you have any other projects in between do you, what what else is in the in the fire
1: i think in a in a pink and perfect world we would love for it to be next year but that depends on so many other factors right now uh, that are out of our control the kickstarter that we're actually gearing up for next is a jason solo jaunt oh wow uh so that's very exciting because that'll be early next year
2: yeah i have a um i've been putting together a book um with george Kimbatis, who's an amazing artist on twitter um and right now it's called i'm the code name is book best friend And a lot of people have always asked me as being a Kansas farm boy, like, what is my Superman story? And so this is my take on Superman based around an original character that I created years ago. And uh, uh, this is basically like, imagine if Jimmy Olsen live streamed everything that Superman did. And that's the story. And hopefully that's going to launch in late to mid-January of next year. Mm -hmm.
0: Because I'm... Oh, carry on.
1: Oh, I was gonna say, and then we're tr- we're working on uh, the publisher that originally published science uh, has closed their doors, has shuttered their production. So we're working on finding Tam's in a new home, uh, and I'm working on finding Aurora, a proper home, which was my Kickstarter from a couple years ago. So there will definitely be more comics. It's just a matter of uh, when and when. yeah, I also
2: i'm i I'm a big fan of the Chris Renolan not a model. Where it's like, you know, when he did the Dark Knight trilogy, he always did a movie in between. Um, So, like, I want to give people something else. So, you know, in between the volumes of Jupiter Jet. But
0: um, you're keeping the creative juices. mm -hmm. Um, It's not just locked into um, a a storyline. You kind of, and not only that, but it's something that then you can come back to and kind of Mm -hmm. polish up and make sure it's nice and perfect for when he goes out on out the door I I, 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 I I totally understand that i totally understand that joel the geek is saying um c- can't wait for that uh, Sweet, so obviously uh, you you have yourself uh, uh a backer already for that project oh uh, yeah joel,
1: joel is a deep cut joe and supporter we love him
0: <laughs> and uh, so us make what you have for thanksgiving paper cuts lots and lots of paper cuts i don't uh, i didn't cut my paper that often i'm I, maybe i'm more
1: careful No, it's more it's more the tape dispenser yeah yeah that's where She's you're gonna get cut evil oh man
0: <laughs> um uh, is this the taste of letter t- it's the uh, maybe it's do you, i mean if you're like yourself and you, you're experienced and you know about these you get the the the, uh, the tear off uh, uh, envelopes yes. that's fine yeah <laughs> Uh,
2: okay. Here I will also go. I will uh, also say, since so this is like going to be our fourth Kickstarter now,
1: yeah.
2: Um, we've kind of gotten like, got we, the to, we know down. the tricks. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all
0: we know all the shortcuts. Yeah,
1: now. we did stupid shipping the first two. Times, oh yeah, yeah. And
0: <laughs> <we learned. laughs> Excellent. Um, and also you've got your extracurricular activities as well. Um, if you can uh, just uh, yeah uh, pimp your wares as it were, let us know what um. Uh, shows and podcasts and everything else that you're up to at the moment
2: the best place to always find us is ashley and i do a weekly podcast called geek history lesson you can find it on apple you can find it on spotify it's basically where we take one character construct title book movie and we explain it all in a little bit less than an hour with some fun conversation uh we're pass. we're gonna cross cross 400 episodes on that next year which is great um and then you can find me and us on YouTube whenever we randomly post at youtube.com slash Jawin, J-W-I-I-N. Um, we're putting up clips from the um Jawin Charity Drive, like a conversation with Kevin Smith and a conversation with Susan Eisenberg and various people that came and helped us out in the Charity Drive in case people want to watch it in in case they don't want to, you know,
0: scrub through, scrub through five, five hours. hours. Yeah. <laughs> And I think as well, um, when I spoke to Jason last time, you were just getting yourself geared up for mainframe as well, for, uh, yes. for Baltimore as well. Yeah. Um, uh, the, I mean, the pair of you are fantastic hosts when uh, you're, you're uh, on camera. When we can. Um, no, <laughs> um, in terms of virtual cons is is that is 2020 done and done now uh, are you uh, for us it is um, yeah. i mean hey yeah. uh
1: if you're watching this like around the time it's coming out saturday small business saturday so if you want to come to slash store and make that a con we got comics there but uh probably we haven't been i don't know how many are going on for the rest of the year it's uh, the i think life. i
0: think we saw i think everyone saw baltimore Six. as kind of like the the the, yeah. the line in the sand. yeah yeah
1: uh, and that's fine. Um, my hope is that maybe at this time next year we'll actually be back somewhere.
0: Fingers crossed. I fingers yeah, crossed. that
1: would or or like uh, Los Angeles Comic Con is typically Halloween weekend, beginning of November. So like, realistically, that's the one I'm eyeing as maybe being I, a realistic expectation. For I next have year.
2: A, I have a lot of hope and fear mm-hmm. that New York Comic Con 2021 is going to be the con that determines next year Mm. if new york comic-con 2021 is safe enough to happen because it usually happens in october or november yeah yeah they could push it to november then i think we we, everybody will be like oh there it is there they broke the seal but i think anything before then that's not a virtual con is kind of foolish
1: yeah
0: that, that includes san diego
2: I think so. I don't Sorry, I, no, no, I know now we're getting I know and it, I know we going a very
0: deep conversation,
2: yeah. No,
1: yeah. <laughs> I just
2: I don't know, man. I
1: I think if it happens, I don't think you are going to see the level of stars that we've become used to seeing in yeah. a post-wanted post-twilight era because I don't know if you're going to be able to convince the entire cast of Shang-Chi or the entire cast of um I don't know, Wonder Woman 3. Like I think it's going to be a harder sell and something that fandom and mainframe uh, really succeeded at this year was, you know what's cheaper than flying Gal Gadot to San Diego? Shooting Gal Gadot in her home and broadcasting that to the world. So I think next year, I think for for San Diego specifically, I think it's going to be a hybrid between, I think they're going to have some, because I don't think the city of San Diego cannot have it next year. Um, I think we'll see some presence, but I don't know if those big, Hall H doorbuster. We're lining up at five thirty on a Thursday to get in on Saturday. I don't know if all of those are going to be in person or if they might be virtual. I I
2: just I I agree with that because I just think on I think on the side of the fans and I think on the side of the creators and the stars and people like that. I think July next year is still going to be a little too early for anybody to feel safe. But a year from right now, I could see it. I could see it a year from now. Everybody being like, okay. The vaccine's been around for a while. Cases are going way, way mm-hmm. down, or like they're they're like a two percent now, hopefully, please. Um I feel safe now. Yeah, okay. I feel all right going to an airport and shaking Grant Morrison's hand or you know, whatever. Yeah. I don't know why I picked also, Grant Morrison.
1: Also, as someone who's <laughs> been on an Amazon TV set and a Warner Brothers TV set since the pandemic, the level of oversight that has to go into making that environment safe is incredibly high and shows like All American are still getting shut down. So just like with that, like what are they gonna do? Cut, cut tickets in half? I mean, yeah. yeah. That's still. A lot it's of it's
0: evil. it's it's a similar situation over here in the UK. I I, mm-hmm. I don't think I've announced this on the show before. I've mentioned it. Exclusive. On, uh, my, uh, well, kind of. My brother is a um a background actor. Uh, oh, does nice. He does uh, the solace. He's an SA as they, they call it mm-hmm. in the trade. Um, and he's been doing work on um the Batman. He's been doing work on um a couple of uh, Sky shows, and yet yeah, the level of Protection that they are building into production um, is incredible uh, just to make sure that everybody is safe. And even then, we have the stories like the Batman where they've had it to shut, where uh, something is snuck in. Does your
1: brother know Kevin McLeod? Because we are no. obsessed with him. <laughs> it's
2: so funny you took it. It's so funny you took it down that road. I was going to ask. So I know it's no longer Doctor Who Day on, on your side of the pond, but it's still Doctor Who Day on our side of the pond. And I have the question: Has your brother made it on the Doctor Who?
0: No. And even if it, and, uh, No. And even if he has, um, my brother's. I mean, I say he's an SA. Uh, my brother does seem to be having a knack of you seeing his elbow or. Um, <laughs> or a, a left shoulder or uh, or his backside he was in the he was in the last harry potter film and you saw his nice. backside for about <laughs> five seconds the
2: most famous backside in the business i love it
0: <laughs> we'll have to put that onto his show real yeah anyway new uh, <laughs> <laughs> fantastic listen thank you so much indeed for coming on it's uh been a pleasure talking to you i mean we've got aaron Nevers saying Geek History Lessons, one of my top oh, thank you, Aaron. podcasts I to listen to. His um, podcast oh, Yeah, Aaron good. also
1: has a wonderful yeah. podcast. <laughs> he does
0: indeed. The all lake mm-hmm. Show, uh, well worth checking out. Um, I'm going to put this up on screen as well, so people to go and uh, check out and find out more information about it. Jupiter Jet Comic, do uh, find out more, and uh, follow that uh, account for all the updates, including Volumes 3, 4, and 5, as they appear down the line. And
2: if you get a copy of Jupiter Jet and the Forgotten Radio tag that account because we want to share you with your copy like Mm -hmm. so take a picture of yourself with your copy take a picture of the book in shops take a picture of the book wherever you find it if you find it on the side (laughs) of the street take a picture of it we want to retweet it
0: (laughs) excellent stuff it's been a pleasure talking to you thank you so much indeed for coming on thank you for Uh, staying
2: up late
1: yes thank you for a time
0: and thanks I'm to just your looking, family as well.
1: Yes, we love you. We appreciate you.
0: <laughs> well, uh, I mean, at this point, um, one is very much asleep and the other one is probably play, playing solitaire and waiting for me to shut up and go to bed <laughs> uh, at this point. So, yeah. Um, but listen, thank you so much, Dee, for coming on and all the best to uh, for the success uh, for the books going forward. Um, thank you.
2: Thank you so thank much, you man. Too. This was a great time.
0: Brilliant. Excellent stuff um there you go uh this the account is right there still up on screen jeep jet comic do follow that for all the updates for Red jason and ashley's book and all the bits and pieces they've got going forward and that's us thank you very much indeed for joining us for this incidental episode um once again we are going to be doing something a little bit special as we have ourselves um uh, our wednesday show we haven't been um uh, we've been doing uh, the Wednesday shows while we've still been in lockdown here in the UK. Um, just a way for me to keep some kind of semblance of time in my head. Um, but as it happens, um, we've got a couple more episodes uh, to go with this uh, particular format, and we do have a very, very special show that's going to be taking place on Wednesday. So please do join us as we are joined by Aditya Bidika. now. If you are not too familiar with his name, I would suggest you pick up your comics and check them out because he has been the letterer on a whole range of projects over the course of the summer. He's is definitely um, one of the letterers of uh, the, the moment right now. I have been trying my best to get Aditya, uh, uh, along with um, uh, a whole bunch of uh, known lettering creatives, to come on and do a letterers panel. Or do a letterer's special because for me and has been proven by um, a recent Disney plus uh, the 616 episode uh, where uh, they were talking about the Marvel method and talking about the production of a big um, Marvel comic the letterer does kind of get left all the way down the pecking order right up to the wire when it comes to the book hitting the shelves the pressures of getting that right and at the end of the day for myself the letterer sets an absolute tone uh, They they are as uh, important as the colorist and the artist because they are the voice they are the while the artist may be the cameraman and the colorist may be the lighting director the person who is directing the volume and the sound direction of the whole comic is the letterer, so looking forward to talking to it this year on Wednesday about the challenges of doing what he does in a modern comics landscape. That's going to be a cool show. Um, as always, uh, we are going to be here on Wednesday. Uh, sorry, on Sunday as well. This Sunday uh, going to be our special episode with the White Noise uh, Studios chaps, Alex Packnadel, Ram V. Dan Waters and Ryan O'Sullivan. Do go check out their books, uh, which they're doing at the moment. Giga uh, from Alex Packnadel, very, very nice indeed. Red Fork on TKO Studios is some of his best writing. Ram V uh, has got some amazing books out at the moment. Dan Waters, listen, all four of them are on fire. Uh, so definitely looking forward to talking to, uh, to them. Going to be hopefully announcing our special guest for next Wednesday, twenty second uh, of December, in the next couple of days. Fingers crossed. Um, and then we've got Amanda Dybert uh, with Mark Serby on Sunday, the sixth uh, of December, and Sunday, the thirteenth of December. Bob Fingerman and Matt Medney from. Um, uh, da, 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 it's escaped me. It's escaped me. Um, you could tell it's very late here in the UK right now. Uh, from heavy metal, of course. Uh, so there we go. Uh, those are I guess, uh, for now. Do like, subscribe, comment. Let us know below what you've thought of the show. Let everyone else know what you've thought of the show as well. Please do highlight um, what we've been doing because uh, it allows us to uh, spread the word the best we can. From me to you, thank you very much indeed for stopping up late with me here on Talking Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego, and I will see you on Wednesday for my episode with Aditya Whitaker. Take care. Talking Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego is a production of the Convention Collective. Visit the Convention Collective for all of your convention news and updates. And support the podcast at patreon.com EnglishmanSDCC.